Good morning, and welcome to the Presbyterian Church on Edisto Island. It's a joy to have you with us. Before we begin worship, I have some announcements. Uh, we love to welcome our visitors, especially first-time visitors. For those who are with us for the first time, we have a small gift uh, 
for you to remember us by and share a little more about our church. So if it is your first time, if you could just raise your hand and we have a usher who can bring you that gift bag. Good morning. Should you need it, there's a restroom under the stairwell under this, uh, on this right hand side back here. And uh, there are friendship registers in each pew that let us know of your presence this morning. Please sign and pass along to your neighbors. And if you're visiting today, there's a space to leave your contact info and we'll be in touch with you. The nursery is over in the ministry center and welcomes children ages six and under at any time during the service. And ushers uh, are available to escort them to the, after the children's sermon. Today we are, uh, we're welcoming Reverend H.M. Daffin to our pulpit. Reverend Daffin recently retired as the chaplain for the Presbyterian home in Somerville and continues to serve in various roles with the Presbytery. He and his wife Jane live in Somerville and we are delighted to have you with us today while Reverend Sanders takes some time off. So thank you, thank you sir. The Christian Education Committee will be meeting in the Fellowship Hall immediately after worship today. The Brunch Bunch is going to McConkie's restaurant today and everyone is welcome. Please meet there between 11.30 and 11.45. And session meets this Tuesday at 5 p.m. in the Ministry Center. This Wednesday continues our Lenten services at 6 p.m., followed by a soup and cornbread meal, and we hope everyone will attend. Please consider signing up to bring soup or cornbread or to help uh, with setup or cleanup. The Chime Choir rehearses today at 4 p.m., followed by the Adult Choir at 5 p.m. Please read the flash email for more details on these and other upcoming events. And now we begin our worship with a time of centering.
please stand and join me in the call to worship you'll find in your bulletin. There is so much we do not understand, so many mysteries in this life of faith, but some things are certain we do know. Let us lift our eyes to God. Let us pray. Spirit of help and hope, be with us this day. Breathe into our prayers and praise. Breathe into our spirits. Breathe into our worship and your promise of help, your promise of rebirth, and your promise of blessing. In faith and trust we pray. Amen. Please remain standing as we sing hymn 316. be seated. Our help does truly come from God. This help is not just for the times when trouble befalls us or when our lives are hard, but when we are the ones who are to blame, when we face the consequences of our own actions. Knowing that, we turn to God for help, trusting unending grace. Will you please pray with me? Teacher, you call us to go, following in the plan that you have set for us. You promise us blessings and purpose, 
but we do not trust your words. We cling to what we already know. We trust in what we can see and touch. We make excuses for our failure to trust in you. Call to us again that we may be born again through your spirit. Help us to believe and give us the abundant life that comes from following you. God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Hear these words for prayer for illumination. Let us pray. God of signs and wonders, we come to your, world again, your word again and again, seeking understanding and the new life it offers. By the power of your Holy Spirit, illumine our hearts and minds so that we may believe this testimony and have eternal life. In the name of Jesus Christ, our teacher and savior, we pray, amen. Today's reading comes from the Old Testament, Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where will my help come? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. He who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in.
from this time on and forevermore. This is the word of the Lord. I understand this is the time for children, and uh, I'm told that sometimes there are a goodly number, and sometimes that, and we're going to sit kind of on this bench since the bench that's usually there is here, there, and yon. So just right here sounds great. Uh, and I'm going to kind of stay behind the mic so they can hear too. Did you know they were children of God as old as they are? I always liked when I was at the village, I always used to say, it doesn't matter how old you are, you're still children of God. <laughs> so, well, a couple of uh, Sundays ago, Pastor Ashley asked you to use your imagination. I like that. I always think the best thing children have is imagination. And uh, today's reading from the New Testament, Jesus is asking a fellow by the name of Nicodemus to use his imagination about the spirit. And, you know, we talk about Halloween and ghosts and all that stuff, but the spirit of God is a little different, isn't it? But the other thing that I think about is when Jesus interacts with children, the thing he enjoys most is hearing them share what they're thinking about, I'm guessing. So this is another reading of a passage uh, that comes from another part of the Bible uh, in Matthew's Gospel, but it's about children. So I'm going to read this passage, and you kind of think about what do you think those kids were doing when this was happening, okay? You may have heard this before. Then little children were being brought to him in order that he might lay his hands on them and pray. The disciples spoke sternly to those who brought them, but Jesus said, let the children come to me and do not stop them. For it is to such as these that the kingdom of heaven belongs. And he laid his hands on them and went on his way. Now, the question I have is, what do you think the kids were doing when they came up to be with Jesus? Have you ever seen those pictures? Anybody got any ideas? What, what do you think the kids were doing? Probably smiling at Jesus. Uh, kind of like y'all are doing, smiling. And some of them were probably scratching their heads, even if they didn't have no seams. <laughs> But what are some other things you think that, that the kids might have been doing? What do kids like to do? Play. I think that they were playing, probably climbing on his knees. If he had his hand out, they were probably using his arm as monkey bars. And they were just having a grand old time. And what did the disciples think about that? Well, you know. I expect that they said, this is Jesus, you know, you're not supposed to be. <laughs> but what did Jesus say? This is exactly why I'm here, uh, and to be with children and God's children all. So when you think about Jesus the next time, think about what it would be, how much fun it would be to get to play with him. Lord God, grant us again the imagination to see 
beyond touch and sight, the vision of your kingdom that the children bring to us this day in Christ, we pray. Amen. This time, I think uh, you all are invited to go. Uh, either be with you. There we are, right in the back. <laughs> See the.
Amen. I always say to people that the worship of God is most precious and meaningful to God, not when the preacher preaches, but when the choir sings and the congregation uh, offers praise unto God. When just a few moments before I read the passage, I wanted to, Ashley always is so helpful in providing resources as you prepare for uh, preaching here, and she gave me these words kind of to launch me into a sermon. So I wanted to read these before, before I read the scriptures for you to be thinking on these thoughts or maybe pondering these questions in your own mind as the passage is read. She writes, Nicodemus comes to Jesus by cover of night. Would his religious colleagues be happy to know he was consorting with this radical rebel? Nicodemus has a public reputation to uphold. At the same time, he takes a risk to seek out Jesus, to make an important claim. You are a teacher who has come from God. He shows himself uh, to think differently from his colleagues. In this encounter, Nicodemus learns a lot more about Jesus. What would you risk? to know Jesus better. Let's listen for God's word to us. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with that person. Jesus answered him, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, how can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. We please bow with me again. Holy God, your word indeed is light to our path. Grant us vision to see. 
beyond touch and sight this day in the bread broken and the cup shared, your kingdom of heaven, indeed, your church as one. In Christ we pray. Amen. What will we risk to be close to Jesus? Maybe even more to the point. What would we risk to follow Jesus? You're probably scratching your head beyond the no seams and saying, He's not walking the face of the earth. How can I follow if I don't know where he is? <laughs> Imagination, remember the children. It's hard in our day to come into a situation where a decision to follow literally is required. We can think of theologically uh, affirming faith, but literally following the footsteps of Jesus today it's hard to think of it. We've learned to listen and not speak in certain situations, certainly with polarization that has come upon not just our society, but the world over. Us is always against them. It's an easy out for everyone. That being said in theological circles, in political circles, uh, in educational circles, uh, even within families, <laughs> and everybody's got family, at least one or two, and at Thanksgiving, we've learned to listen instead of speaking sometimes, and it's a good thing. Uh, Nicodemus, in a way, has become sort of a role model of sorts for those who want to be open and yet manage also to find ways to, to bring something that is new into mind and being with that which has always been the tradition and the old. I love this sanctuary. It brings both together, hearing the meditational piece and then in this space, it was just wonderful. Typically, we tend to read this text, though, from our perspective, hindsight 2020. He should have more fervently come to believe. He should have outright claimed Christ as Lord. Didn't he already say as much? Teacher, you come from God. Why was he still holding back? What was he still waiting to hear? You perhaps are aware that Nicodemus appears two more times in the gospel, according to John. The second appearance comes in chapter 7 when he is now questioned by the leaders of faith about their condemnation of Jesus, when the temple police refused to arrest him. They were asked to do so, and they wouldn't do it. Uh, he was one of those temple police, but when the temple police refused uh, uh, train their duty, John writes, it was Nicodemus who had gone to Jesus before, and who was one of them, asked, our law does not judge people without first giving them a hearing to find out what they are doing, does it? He was calling them to task, giving them, you know, you just don't do these things without decently in order. <laughs> he wasn't a Presbyterian per se, but, you know, Nicodemus was pretty close. And then again in chapter 19, uh, 
we find Nicodemus, who comes to Joseph, with Joseph of Arimathea and asks Pilate to let him take away the body of Jesus. Pilate gave him permission. So he came and removed his body. Nicodemus, who had at first come to Jesus by night, also came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, weighing about 100 pounds. Again, in those days, that was a lot. Uh, they took the body of Jesus and wrapped it with the spices and linen cloths according to the burial customs of the Jews. Again, amazing that we find this person again at the feet of Christ. Sometimes to follow Jesus means taking a risk to self, the very same risk Christ took for us. When this happens, it becomes the modern-day miracle, the modern-day sign that we are one of those Christians. Um, again, what is it? What is the cost of discipleship? What does it cost for us to follow Jesus? It was a modern-day um, theologian, pastor, who also struggled with this question uh, in a time when autocracy, uh, and in fact fascism and ultimately called Nazism, was raising its ugly head in the country of my birth. That's where that crazy name came from, Occam. It was from Matthew's Gospel right in front of Elad, but my mother gave me that name because she was trying to thumb the nose at some of those folks. But anyway, years before, he was faced with the decision of following Christ, not only in the theoretical sense, this is Dietrich Bonhoeffer, but in the literal sense, he was faced with a question, what does it cost to follow Jesus? Dietrich Bonhoeffer had studied in this country, uh, and as a war approached, he went back at the request of Karl Barth and others to, to open an underground seminary, uh, which he did. Uh, and then as the Nazis were closing in on them and destroying everything that they were trying to continue, the Barman Declaration, anybody who's an elder or deacon ever read, that's from this time frame. Uh, but the, the, the church there was so afraid that he would get killed, they sent him back. Uh, to the United States, but now he came to the same seminary he studied at to be a professor. And it was at about the same time that that book that he wrote um, was translated into English, The Cost of Discipleship. Anybody read that? Did, yeah, I see one or two hands going up. Um, and this book perhaps best answers what it takes sometimes in this modern day. And in chapter 4 of this book, entitled Discipleship and the Cross, we find these words. The cross is laid on every Christian. When Christ calls someone, he bids this one to come and die. The call to discipleship, the baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, means both death and life and some of the rituals of the baptism you die to self and you live to Christ that whole ideology theology is what is being explained and described there of course little did he know at the time that he wrote these words uh, that he literally would come 
to the point of death for his faith in Christ. Um, but again, today we come to a celebration of a sacrament, uh, one of two in the Presbyterian Church. Baptism, we just mentioned, other, the Lord's Supper. And you will hear the familiar words. On the night he was betrayed, he took bread, gave thanks or blessed it, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, This is my body given for you. Then the cup. This is the new covenant sealed in my blood, shed for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Didn't say just think about it. Do this in remembrance of me. Hard to think of. Took, blessed, broke, gave. Same words. If you remember, how many remember reading the miracle, the feeding of the five thousands? And they were scratching their heads too. How are we going to feed all these people with what was it? Two fish, five loaves. And, and uh, Jesus took the bread, blessed it, broke it, and gave it back to him, and then they distributed it. And then another time, after the resurrection, Jesus took, blessed, broke, gave the same words, the same actions, and they didn't know who he was. They'd been walking with him along the path, and they invited him to come in for the mealtime because it was evening. And in this action, in these words, they recognized him. And just as quickly as they did, he vanished again. It is with these words, in this same action, sacramental today, in which we as the church, as the body of Christ in the world, will be recognized. And what will we hear? What will be said? When we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. These are not coincidental words. These actions are not by chance. This is the very heart of the gospel, God's love, that John affirms for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. As the worship leader um, often will end the prayers of confession and the assurance of pardon, uh, often the, the, the responsive portion would be, friends, believe the good news. In Jesus Christ we are forgiven, certainly these are the words that are echoed within this passage as well. And let us stand as we now affirm our faith, found in the bulletin. God, your love for this world as much that you sent your own son, Jesus Christ, to live and die among us in order that we might have life. You shared your good news with the world, dispelling our fears and doubts, empowering us to be born of the Spirit, and in this way assuring us of your presence in our lives. There is a wideness in your mercy, O God. 
you promise to keep us from all evil. You promise to hold our lives and offer us blessings. As we have been blessed, we commit to blessing one another with signs of support, peace, and love. Together, let us be one another's help and hope in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. As we share God's offering, again, these words, all that we have is a gift from God. In faith and gratitude, we return a portion of what we have so abundantly received as grateful heirs of the promises of God. Will you please bow with me? Doxology.
Now let's pray. God, our help, our shade, our protector, you are able to give life to the dead, to call into being things that do not exist. We trust in your power to make all things new. For these blessings, we give you thanks, and in response, we seek to be a blessing to others. Accept what we bring for your own good purposes. In Christ we pray. Amen. And our communion hymn is hymn number 94. It's printed in the bulletin.
Amen.